Welcome to the St Albans podcast, bringing you news, views and reviews for the city and district of St Albans. Welcome to another edition of the St Albans podcast with me, Danny Smith. Uh, and on this uh, week's edition of the podcast, we are going to be joined by our very own health correspondent, Alan Bellinger. I say we're going to be joined. He's already here. Hello, Alan. <laughs> Hi, it's the present tense, not the, not the future. So uh, great, great to be with you again. And uh, we've got five subjects for um, uh, health matters this month. So we're going to talk about warm spaces locally, the joined up NHS, new research on dementia, the reopening of the St Albans Minor Injuries Unit, but we're going to kick off with the COVID update. So uh, let's just look at the numbers very quickly. Uh, you may remember that um, last month we had a, we, I, I said there was a new peak in July the 15th of 2,829 cases per 100,000 in St Albans. So um, we beat that on November the 7th. Uh, so up from 2,800 to 3,135. So it's the highest ever uh, recorded number in, in St Albans. And I think that sort of shows you the way they've been they've been going up and up and down. OK, how, how has that impacted the hospital admissions, though? Um, actually, not the, the hospital admissions are down. Right. Um, in, in the Lister at the moment, um, they're down from 58 last month to 40 at the moment. And in Watford, they're down from 65 last month to 51. So there's the really very little correlation now between the number of people with COVID and the number in hospital, because the number with it has gone up quite a bit, but the number in hospital has actually gone down. Yeah. Okay. And so, so is this evidence? Because I, 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 do, I do get concerned sometimes when we see these things reported that it can cause a degree of panic. It can, you know, oh, it's going up, you know, oh, here we go again. Yeah. But is this evidence that, in fact, we are learning to live with it? Exactly we're learning to that. manage it. We're learning to not put too much of a burden on the NHS. And we're, we're getting on with it. Exactly. So it hasn't gone away. We still have to take all the precautions that we're advised to take. Sure. But we're managing it. Yeah. So, so in a way, is this good news that whilst it's- the numbers are the highest perhaps they've ever been, it, the hospital number is actually going down at the yep. same time. The, the impact of it is much less. And I think that's largely down to the fact that everyone's keeping themselves up to date with the boosters. I think we've got a, a very strong record of it in St Albans. Yeah. Uh, around, at, the, at the moment, we're around about 95% fully boosted in wow. St Albans, which is higher than uh, a lot of other areas. And I think that is it's, it's the fact that uh, people are being cautious. People are being you know, watching hygiene and all those sorts of things. Yeah. But at the same time, being f- fully fully vaccinated is is the good news. And and also, I think it you know it does it doesn't matter. I think how many times this is said because it bears repeating. If you've got some kind of symptoms, take care, take precautions, consider other people. If you are sniffly, if you're a bit of, got a bit of a runny nose, got a bit of a cough, any of those sorts of symptoms. Think about whether you need to mix with certain people to think about the maybe the more vulnerable people you might be coming into contact with. If you feel you do still need to do that, consider a mask, you know, mm. to, to, because there's every chance that it's COVID. There's also a, just as much of a chance that it isn't. And this is going to come into the other thing that you're going to talk about in this feature, because there is actually, if anything, there's a bigger concern at the moment among among sort of health professionals, isn't there, about mm. what's called the twindemic. The twindemic, indeed. So this this is the um, the possibility of both COVID and flu hitting at the same time. Mm. And, and just as our COVID numbers are going up, so the flu numbers are going up as well. And so last month we talked about it being a theoretical possibility. Uh, I'd say right now it's a realistic probability. Now, 
the, the numbers we quoted about the hospital um, admissions, that's COVID, yet yeah? not flu as well? That's, that's not flu. Right, okay. That, that's purely the COVID numbers. But, but, you know, for those people who... Because there's a lot of people out there that will think to themselves, you know, oh, I've been, you know, rotten, I've, I've had all sorts... Oh, it's, it's not COVID, it's OK, as they proceed to cough and splutter over you. It's not OK. <laughs> if you've got something, it doesn't matter whether it is COVID, whether it is other, some other kind of winter bug. Don't share it. Don't give it to other people. Take care. Exactly. Um, and, and that's the thing, because... I know we've got a mentality, haven't we, that, you know, you get on with things. You know, if you've got a bit of a runny nose, you're feeling a bit run down, you're feeling a bit under the weather, you keep going because it's what we do. Mm. But by doing that, you could be bringing down a lot of people with you and they may not be as resilient as you are. Exactly. Sorry, I'm getting all preachy here, but uh, I just have this real thing. I know, I know of people, and there might be somebody listening. Hello, Trevor, who, who, who coughs and splutters all over everybody when he's feeling under the weather and he'll bring off the place down with him and 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 he'll keep going and it's not i don't think good enough that you just say oh yeah, i had a covid test on it's not covid i don't care what it is i don't want it <laughs> in fact i've had covid that wasn't as bad as the last time i had the flu where i was laid up for two weeks i don't want anything <laughs> quite right too <laughs> <laughs> thank you alan here endeth the lesson and on that note <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay but let's move on though uh to uh you mentioned about the minor injuries unit um so it's kind of back and it kind of isn't. Explain. <laughs> it's kind of back and it's kind of isn't, yes. It's um, not what it was. It's, so the, the good news is that the old minor interest unit at the city hospital has reopened. Uh, it opened a couple of weeks ago, at the, the, early in, um, the beginning of November. Um, the services is offered are significantly enhanced over what they were. And, yet, and, and I gather it opened a couple of weeks ago, and the first person that arrived at the in the waiting room is now being seen. Is that right? <laughs> Absolutely not right. There were no queues. What? No queues at all, and it's been fully modernised as a unit. So uh, that's 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 the good news. So let's explain. Okay. Um, it's been re- reopened. Yes, but. But it, it, at the moment, they're, they're, it's a very gradual build-up because they're looking at new processes and, and embedding things in. So um, the number of people seen in the last couple of weeks hasn't been enormous, but it, over, over the next few weeks, it'll be ramping up to uh, around about 70 to 80 appointments a day. So uh, that's, a, that's, that's quite a good level. Um, there are enhanced services at the, at the new... Um, uh, unit it's co- it's no longer called minor injuries but it's an integrated urgent care hub doesn't exactly run off the tongue does it but that's what it is isn't but, urgent care isn't that what the one in hemel's called or that's it. Got... yes sir so that's... and and the differentiator is minor injuries just deals with injuries not illnesses but the integrated care hub now deals with illnesses as well so if we're if we're feeling under the weather with uh, the flu that you mentioned earlier and need some treatment and can't get can't get hold of the doctors, um, there's, that's an opportunity. So um, it's it's there for illnesses as well as as well as injuries, um, and the, and there won't be long queues because it's it's all appointment based. So if you need to go to the um, the unit, then call one 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 and they will give you a timed appointment. And so. Uh, it's going to be a much more efficient service from from all those points of views. So, and and the interesting thing is, this is a completely new way for us to be to be able to get same day treatment. Um, we know that the, we know that doctors' uh, surgeries are, are, are full and 
you know, the probability is if you ring at quarter past eight in the morning, you'll be told the list is full for the day. When it opens at eight, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, once I phoned at eight o two and was told it was closed for the day. But anyway, <laughs> um, but so this is a, this is a whole new service. If you want, if you need urgent treatment, um, and so by calling one one one, you'll um, you'll you'll get that appointment and you'll be able to be seen. But don't just try and walk in because they won't be able to see you, um, and you'll be put at the bottom of the queue. So uh, it's it's not a good idea to walk in. Just just go for the um, just go straight away to call one 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 and get that appointment booked. And and so, would you, if you were phoning them, would you say to them, "Oh, I think I need to go to the"? Would you like sort of request that, or would you just tell them what's wrong and hope they offer it? I think to tell them tell them what's wrong, and 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 they'll they'll help you if uh, uh, if 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 they're not suggesting it to the minor interest unit you can say something along the lines of well i can get down to the city hospital very easily are there any appointments yeah and what time is it open it's it's open um most of the day it's not it's not fully 24-hour service but it's around about eight in the morning till uh, six in the evening right okay just again because some people might phone in the evening and then say well i'll go there and and so just to manage that exactly. it's, it's not open overnight it's, it's, it's not it's, open in the evening it's not an overnight but it's open during the day yes okay uh, we'll have more from alan bellinger in a moment Hi, I'm Chris Aikman. Join me, local author Howard Linsky, and St Albans podcast producer Sam Rolfe for this St Albans Film Guide. Each week, one of us will guide you through the new releases at the cinema and on streaming services. We'll also give you our choice of the best films to watch on UK free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. So if you're a film lover, join us for a chat about all things movie-related every week as part of the St Albans podcast. New episodes will be released every Friday morning, For more information, visit stalbanspodcast.com or find us where any good podcasts are found. We're back with Bellinger. Hello, Alan. (laughs) Hi, Smith. Um, So we're going to talk now a little bit about um, dementia and and Alzheimer's. So there's some some recent research that's absolutely fascinating. But before I get into that research, I need to give a little bit of a background. And because I hadn't realised this before I read this up. So there's, there's um, a study that's not well known. In, in 1946, 5,362 babies that were all born within the same week became a cohort of, of the most studied people from a medical perspective on the planet because they've been monitored ever since they were born, right up to the current day. Okay. And so there's a massive of, uh, health data about, about this cohort. Um, in the 1960, 19, uh, sorry, 2016, they created a subgroup of 502 people that they wanted to use for specifically for dementia and, and Alzheimer's, um, and, um, and and so uh, that's been fascinating that they've, they've been able to build the, the dementia research on the back of that, the wealth of that data. Wow. So so let's just talk a little bit about what dementia and Alzheimer's yeah, is. Yeah, because some people don't realise, that they sort of think they're almost like interchangeable terms, and, exactly. and they're not, are they? But, but explain the difference. Well, dementia is a general term that refers to the sort of the, the, the fact that cognitive impairment just it's just a cognitive awareness just gets worse and worse as we as we age yeah um but in particular for dementia uh, it gets much worse than just ordinary aging right and, and so it is just de- dementia refers to sort of general um 
cognitive impairment, but at a at a greater rate than. So it's not age. just forgetting where you put your keys, um, but, but it's it's more than that, isn't it? It's it's it it's a more severe cognitive impairment. Yeah, it's the point at which you, it interferes with your everyday activities, such as uh, planning meals or or managing bills and, and medicines um, and housekeeping, or um, the fact that um, someone with dementia will typically say something. In, in a conversation and then five minutes later repeat it because they won't remember that they've already said it there's, there's that, that sort of scenario um, so, so dementia is the, the, the general term now there's a specific form of dementia that they, we call Alzheimer's uh, and, and that is it is actually the commonest form of dementia and, and Alzheimer's is a disease isn't it it is so, so it is. Alzheimer's is a, d- a disease and its main symptom is dementia would that be right? It's uh, yes, yes. Put it that way around. Yes, yes. <laughs> because be. dementia is a condition, uh, d- yeah, which can be caused by Alzheimer's, which is a disease. Uh, yeah, I guess in most that's, cases that's, those that's things are synonymous. Of, but it, but but I guess that way means there could be another way. You might yeah. have dementia, but you may not have Alzheimer's. Exactly. Right. But but the specific point of Alzheimer's is that <clears throat> there's a protein called. Um, amyloid beta amyloid um, and that protein is is a sticky substance that sort of uh, gels together and impacts the nerves in the brain um, and so that's the specific around, around alzheimer's um, and so as these the, the, as these sort of get stickier and, it, it, and, and, and gets into the brain that causes the, the cell death which then can can be picked up by an mri scan um, and that's the way of de- that's the main way of detecting Alzheimer's. Um, so, uh, what um, what's, what's been picked up through this research is that these amyloid protein deposits um, are quite detectable long before uh, there are any symptoms of, of Alzheimer's in in um, a person's behaviour. Um, which is significant because the sooner you can treat it, the, the better it is. Um, so the next problem then is, well, scanning detects this, but scanning a lot of people is just impossible because of the time it takes. Um, and so if they could get a blood test that does it, that makes it much more scalable. And they have found now a blood test that is 90% accurate in identifying um, the... Um, the amyloid protein deposits much earlier than um, than has been possible before. Okay, if so, they discover it early enough, can they treat it in any way? Can they do anything to either slow it down or even to remove it? Well, that's the interesting thing that by detecting it early, the treatment is to remove it rather than to simply slow the symptoms, which is the way that it's being treated at the moment. Okay, and so that's a completely different way of, of handling the the whole problem. And I just thought that fascinating research and only made possible because of this cohort of 3,000 people, uh, babies all in ball in one week, um, that have formed this, this, this body of health knowledge over, over such a long time. So, so this must then give hope then to, to, to the, for the future. Um, I, I guess that for those already diagnosed with Alzheimer's, this doesn't give, give much hope because this is more about pre- helping to prevent it in the future with exactly. others. But, but, but that's hope nonetheless because, you know, as, as all of us are getting older and, you know, it, it, it's nice to think that these things 
might be detected more easily and then treated more effectively yep. as time goes on. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Great exactly. stuff. Now, you want to move on to uh, Joined Up NHS, you've put here. It's an intriguing <laughs> title. Um, okay. So, so, so I, I thought I'd share with you a personal, a personal experience over the, la- over the last month, the way in which the NHS is just so incredibly joined up. Um, and um, the, the, the participants in this, in this plot will be nameless, um, but the participants are a surgery, um, an acute hospital, and a pharmacy. Um, so uh, let, let, let me explain. But, um, so yeah, some four weeks ago, I was, I was starting to experience a sudden shortness of breath, and I was referred to the hospital. And after lots and lots of diagnostics, I was prescribed medication and discharged back, back to my GP. So I took this paper prescription to the pharmacy and got, got my tablets, and, um, and all was well. Um, three weeks later, I'm, I'm running low on the tablets, so uh, uh, I go up to the, the, the surgery and say, this is what you gave me a, a while ago, can I get some more? And they say, well, you have to sort that with the surgery. I call the surgery, and they say, oh, we've got no record of you, of you having this prescription at all. Give us some evidence of the prescription. So I go back to the pharmacy, and the pharmacy says, well, it's got over the month now. It's a paper prescription, and they've all been sent to the NHS. So we don't have any evidence that we've prescribed this for you. Um, <laughs> and the surgery's telling me, well, we don't have any evidence that it's been prescribed for you by your acute hospital. So um, I'm piggy in the middle in this. Um, and it's left to me to sort out, would you believe? They, the parties didn't talk to each other very well. So... So I contacted back to the um, the acute hospital, and they assured me they had sent the, um, the confirmation to the the surgery, but they would send it again. So um, that, I thought that's that sorted that one out then. But the second one didn't weren't, wasn't received either. So I have to contact the acute surgery, the, the acute hospital again, and say, uh, can we can we get something sorted here? So they said, well, we can't transmit it to you electronically, but we will send it to you by snail mail. Okay. So, so I receive it by snail mail and tell the, the surgery I have it. And they said, oh, can you scan it and send it to us? So I scan it and send it. And they did receive it. And right. they did acknowledge it. And they did tell me I needed another blood test, so they'd send me a blood form. But they didn't. So, um, but... but it's unbelievable, isn't it, that, that this, oh, this sort of thing goes on in the, in the 21st century? I mean, I despair because, I mean, for a start, don't get me wrong, I despair that you've had to go through this. But you're somebody who knows how to talk to the NHS. You know how it works. You've been very involved now with the NHS at various levels. You know, you told me yourself that you, when you were over there recently, they knew you were, you know, <laughs> and, and then people were making phone calls, you know. You, and, and if you've had this problem... How does somebody who is not as with it deal with that? How, how does some dear little old lady who's had the same experience exactly. as you, how, what chance does she have of it, getting the right medication? Um, exactly. I mean, if, if, it, if this was in the, pri- the private sector and two organisations were pairing up to deliver you a service and there was a communication tangle between the two organisations, they'd sort it out between themselves, and you wouldn't really know much about it, and then you'd get an apology. Mm. Um, but, but for the two organisations to leave me to sort it out 
and I, I just thought it was um, nice. an example of, of, of the way the NHS has joined up. It's terrible, isn't it? Um, I mean, I, 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 you know, and, and another example of this, I guess, I, I recently had a bit of a health scare about some medication that I had, an, a new medication I was prescribed that I had an adverse reaction to, ended up with an ambulance coming out to deal with me. And the following morning, the um, doctor's surgery uh, were, were pretty quick to, to deal with me. So I'll give them praise for that. Uh, and they issued me with um, replacement medication and said, discard the one that you've had the reaction to. I thought, way ahead of you there. <laughs> I've never taken that again. Um, and they gave me a different medication. I'm coming to the end of that medication. So I went to order a repeat prescription. It's still my old medication that's on the repeat prescription. And, and you just... Because that's the, the people who issued it. It's my doctor's surgery. Who it wasn't the ambulance service. It wasn't the hospital. It was my doctor's surgery, and th- so I could very easily order the a repeat prescription of the the medication that might be almost killed me, and 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 you know the, it's still there available for me even though I had an adverse reaction to it, which resulted in an ambulance coming out, and and it does seem this. I don't know. I, I despair because there's something wrong. <laughs> now whether or not the thing that's wrong is the same thing with both of our instances because we do there is a common doctor surgery in this that we both belong to i, I don't know but there's something not right and you, 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 given that that they for a very long time now they've been able to send um prescriptions digitally straight to your nominated pharmacy yep. you would have thought that even for those who are not technically efficient you know, the little old lady that goes in to, and is told she needs something else, that they would just say, but don't worry, it's already at your chemist, I've just done it. You know, mm. there shouldn't be a need for the paper prescription that you got because it doesn't matter whether the patient is 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 online and is technically proficient because they've just got to tell, all they've got to do is say to them, go to your chemist and it'll be there. Isn't it, shouldn't it be that simple? It, it should, it should. But so, yeah. That was because if they'd issue, if the hospital had issued the prescription to your pharmacy digitally rather than a paper one, there'd be a trail, wouldn't there? Mm-hmm. There would have been that trail. You wouldn't have had that problem because they would have found it because they did it on paper and you had to hand it in and then it passed the end of the month and they forwarded on their paperwork, shredded them. I don't know, whatever they did, they got rid of it. You then have got no proof that you were ever given it. <laughs> Apart from the box. <laughs> it's, it's baffling, isn't it? It's, um, <laughs> but uh, it, it generated certainly generated a Victor Vel- Meldrum moment for me. I can only imagine. Uh, well, uh, I'm sure I speak on behalf of the listener as well that we're pleased that you're better and we're pleased you're here and you're doing this still. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Alan. Let's just finish so, off now with this. Oh, go on. Sorry, you. Yeah, gonna... we're going to finish off with with warm spaces because it's yeah. getting colder, um, and and. At the same time, uh, our fuel prices are going up like nobody's business. Mm. Um, Our ability to keep ourselves warm through the winter is probably not as high as it has been in previous years. Mm. So so the County Council is encouraging organisations to offer a a, a warm spaces scheme where people can go and warm up in the winter. Um, The the City Library here in St Albans is an example, and also the Masterswick Library. But other organisations are being encouraged to take to take part as well. Yeah, <clears throat> and there's a and there's a full um, list of available um, spaces. 
uh, at a website that uh, I've highlighted in the article that goes with uh, with this. Yeah, and also that link will be in the episode notes as well. So as well as the link to Alan's article, we, we will separate out the link uh, that Alan's talking about. So so yeah, this Warm Spaces, Spaces Initiative is something that all local authorities have been asked to uh, explore. And some have really come up with some great ideas others are simply producing a directory and uh, and our our local one is producing a directory so they're letting community groups solve the problem but they will share the 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 results i guess so exactly so the idea is is that um you could you know to to save you putting on the heating during the day you could go to different places so you could go to the library uh you could go to some uh, lots of local churches are going to be offering things at different times of the week as well and and there's lots of different places that are offering things um in in plymouth my mum was telling me that a supermarket down there is offering um soup and a drink and a roll for a pound for anybody that's over a certain age as a warm thing that you can stay and you could sit in there sit in their cafeteria and take your time i would say the name of the supermarket i can't actually remember which one it was that she told me that's doing this uh, but if they're doing it down there they might be doing it elsewhere so it is worth keeping an eye out for this however i am also aware that a lot of people who might want to take advantage of the warm spaces are possibly people that aren't online in the first place to be able to look up where they can go but maybe <laughs> if those listening now could look on behalf of people they know go and have a look and see what you could find out and maybe tell an elderly relative or a friend of what what could be available it really could help them enormously yeah and and then most importantly make sure they know how to turn their heating off when they're out in these places because <laughs> you you laugh alan but i wonder how many people would have would have forgotten that and had gone out for the day and they've kept their house nice and toasty while they're not there <laughs> anyway but, uh, um, it, I, I think it's a, it's a great idea anyway yeah. it's a great way of, yeah. of supporting people yeah and if all else fails just pop round to Allen's for a cup of you'll always put the kettle on absolutely and his address is no <laughs> anyway uh, thank you so much Alan uh, that's that's another edition of St Norman's Podcast all wrapped up uh, find out more about the things Alan's talked about by reading the article he's written the link is in our episode notes right now Uh, Later this week, uh, we have the film guide with Max Hartington uh, looking at uh, the best films to watch on free-to-air TV for the week ahead, along with uh, new releases on the streaming services and in the cinemas as well. Uh, Then uh, on Sunday, we've got another Dagnall Street Baptist Church virtual service. And we also have One to One with Elspeth that comes out uh, on occasional Mondays. I don't think it's every Monday anymore. I think it's possibly every other week but but do check out those other shows as well and we'll be back here doing this sort of nonsense all over again uh, fairly soon take care say goodbye alan bye thanks for listening to this edition of the saint albans podcast with danny smith if you've enjoyed this podcast please rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts or a podcast platform of your choice this will help us reach more listeners join us the saint albans podcast next wednesday for more news views and reviews in the meantime commit no nuisance Produced by Samantha Rolfe. Logo and artwork by David Ellis. This is an independent production in association with the Hearts Advertiser. If you would like to become a community partner or a sponsor of the podcast, please visit stalbanspodcast.com for more details.